Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today I have one of these topics that seems to be more of a natural law type thing than maybe a church specific thing, but it happens all over the place in everyday life. And that topic today is apologies because especially as we look around in the outside world apologies don't seem to be what they used to be and I'm looking to see if that's a problem or a good thing and I think it'd be best we just take this back to fifth grade and say what is an apology what's the purpose of it how do we do it both with each other and then also for those times we need to do it with God too but uh, but just to get the core concept down I think it's something that in general, we're doing it differently than we used to, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's better. So with that being said, I want to see if you have some opening thoughts on the topic, Father. Well, one thing that comes to mind is something that Pope Francis has said many times in many contexts. He often addresses it to married couples. I think the first time he said it that I'm aware of was to in an address to engaged couples, actually. So it's appropriate for you, Joe, that we bring this up at this point. But he said, the three words that every marriage needs in order to survive and grow, and this happens to be phrases in English, they're actually single words in Italian, but he says, the three words are, may I, thank you, and I'm sorry. And those three words cover so many situations. They, they should be a ready part of the vocabulary of every married couple, of every, everybody who has any kind of relationship with anyone. And certainly in a family, we learn those three words. Can't we remember our parents saying, and certainly we hear other mothers and fathers saying, say you're sorry, say thank you, say please, another way to express that, may I, please, thank you, I'm sorry. Just these basic words, simple words, but they really change the tenor of our conversations, of our interactions. Being able to say thank you and please, there's a certain graciousness that's there, a gratitude that's there, a respect for the person that's there. And then to come back to your question about apologies, Joe, saying I'm sorry has that same quality to it, that there's a graciousness there. There's a humility to actually say, I'm sorry, and to admit that I've hurt you in some way, that I've done something wrong, and that I, I, want to, I don't want this to become something that stays between us and that intensifies a division in this relationship. I want this to be something that we can get past and grow from. I want to move forward from this. So Pope Francis actually expanding on that, on that idea, he says to married couples, always make peace by the end of the day. Don't go to bed angry. Always make peace. And he says, you may not work out all the problems. You may not work out all the difficulties. You may not come end up on the same page, but just something so that you don't go to bed angry. He said, because anger, when we go to bed angry, when we wake up, it's all cold and clammy. It has a way of setting in at that point. And just some gesture of reconciliation. He says, maybe just a caress. Put your hand on the shoulder 
of your wife, of your husband, and just a caress, just a word, a, a glance, something to say, I don't want it to stay here. I'm going to let go of the anger in my heart. We have issues to work out, and there are maybe further things that need to happen, but I'm not going to go to bed angry. I'm, I'm going to go to bed hopeful and ready to work on this and to move forward. And even if possible, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I did that. I don't want it to become cold and clammy. I want it to remain alive, our relationship to remain alive and to grow and so that we can actually work these things out and take a step forward. So I focused on apologies in married couples. You asked me about apologies in general, mm -hmm. but I think it's the right starting point. We learn these things from our families, and our families are formative. And perhaps that's why apologies have started to take on a different form, as you were noting, Joe, that maybe uh, is not so good in the modern day, is inadequate, and has become kind of weird uh, or formal or uh, hypocritical uh, it's because we've, we've lost that formation in the family where we really learn to say I'm sorry to each other. You know, I, I hear confessions of, uh, of a lot of people, but I'm thinking of confessions of children. And a lot of times this, this, the sins that children will confess are not hard to imagine. You know, they, they didn't kill anybody. They didn't commit adultery. They didn't uh, rob a bank. But what they did do is, you know, I hit my brother or sister. I disobeyed my parents. Those are the two most common ones, you know, and, and it's so good that they're confessing that. Sometimes we might say, oh, well, it's just they're just rattling off this thing. It's just a formal thing. What difference does it make? You know, to recognize that that's wrong and to ask God's forgiveness for it. And I always say, and did you apologize to your little brother or did you apologize to your sister? Yeah, I did. You know, good, good. It's important to apologize to your sister. It's important to apologize to your brother. Did you apologize to your parents for not obeying? I did, you know. Or, or, well, no. <laughs> and then I got to work on that if they haven't apologized. But those, those steps are so critical for us and are, are just a basic building block of, of human relationships. Yeah, so let's, uh, let, 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 we'll dive into the other two, the, uh, the may I and thank you, um, later on in this cast. But sticking with apologies here, how should it be done? Let's start with what it should be. Well, again, just starting with I'm sorry is a, is a big step. And then we want to also have something in our hearts to, to apologize. So we, we don't say I'm sorry if, uh, if we don't mean it. <laughs> There's, we, it's it's not a, just a formal expression that I say I'm sorry and then you say it's okay and then we move on and I didn't mean it and you didn't mean it and now we've just left this thing. We, we wrapped a few words around it and we set it in the corner where it can explode later. Uh, we want to actually... That seems to be the direction society's going, though. Yeah, there's a, there's a kind of formal apology that is uh, is empty. Or... or Another way that we do that is, I'm sorry, but, yeah. and then we put all of our qualifications in there. It's okay, but, and then we beat the person up and make it clear that it's a conditional apology and it's a conditional forgiveness. 
Now, starting somewhere is better than starting nowhere. Sure. And so I'm, I'm happy to start with, I'm sorry, but it's okay, but that's a starting place. That's not where we want to end up, but that can be a starting place. Uh, <laughs> sometimes we apologize and we don't really mean anything. I'm, I'm sorry that you misunderstood me. I'm sorry that you have problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can also do some of those kinds of games. I managed to get the word sorry out there, but I basically pinned it all on you. Um, yeah, that's not uh, super helpful either. So there's a real humility. There's a real contrition. There's a real acknowledgement of failure. And it can be, I'm sorry that I said something in the way that I said it. Maybe I meant what I said, but maybe I didn't say it in the best way. Maybe I could have said it in a way that was more respectful to you, that would have not hurt you. I'm sorry that I said it that way. You know, so that that's a, a kind of legitimate approach as well. Uh, but anyway, we need to find some real contrition. We need to actually be sorry to say I'm sorry. We need to have some real humility. I didn't do everything perfectly there. There needs to be some change in my action and or the way that... Father, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is a word that you just used in your last description there that I don't think a lot of people today really know what it means or use it in normal everyday talk, which is contrition. So that being an integral part of what the description you just gave was, why don't we just kind of backtrack it and kind of elaborate on that real quick? Thanks, Joe. This is why these podcasts with you are so helpful, because you remind me of when I'm using church vocabulary <laughs> and help me to communicate <laughs> concepts to real people. Uh, yeah, contrition is a is a pretty churchy term. I suppose it's a, a kind of direct translation from the Latin, so we, we end up using that quite a bit in, in church language. But it really just means sorrow. I, I guess I was just trying to find a synonym for I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, we should really feel sorry if we're going to say I'm sorry. Uh, contrition is just a sorrow for sin, a, a regret. I wish I hadn't done that. I want to make up for that. I feel badly that that happened, that I hurt you, that I made that decision, that I whatever. So it, it's really a sorrow for sin, uh, a sorrow for doing something wrong, a sorrow for hurting somebody. Well, that makes sense. Okay, so so as we continue, we want to, we want to have genuine sorry, sorrowful feelings within us as we're presenting it moving forward. So maybe this is the problem getting back to what society is doing now as far as it being this form and no real intention behind it, no real meaning. You know, when you said before, I'm sorry that you took it that way. It's really a you problem, not a not an apology those are the ones that's like that's not really helping anyone do anything that's not really moving the ball forward so is there any fine point that I'm missing on this that we want to make sure that we're doing as as let's face it part of life is we're going to mess up and hurt each other and we want to be able to figure out how to repair the damage and just to continue the conversation to make sure that we we know what we're doing and trying to do it the right way knowing that the examples around us in society aren't really all that good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where you look to to find examples in society. I guess I'm a little bit disconnected from 
so many aspects of modern culture. I'm sure there are some out there if you if you dig into it a little bit. But yeah, I like the way that you said it, Joe. That we want to do something to keep the ball moving forward, and uh, and I think that's important to recognize. I mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago that starting somewhere is helpful, even if we can't fully reconcile the situation to begin with. We're not totally sorry for what we've done. Can you start somewhere? And I've noticed it's often the case that, uh, well, it's always the case that it takes two to tango. You know, it's uh, uh, there, there are two people involved in a situation. Sometimes it's really one-sided. I did something really bad I shouldn't have done, you know, I, whatever. Got drunk and yelled at the my wife or showed up at, at work, you know. Anyway, there's mm-hmm. you, we can think of some pretty fairly uh, extreme things now. Uh, but in, in a lot of other cases, there's a misunderstanding. Maybe I said the right thing in the wrong way. Maybe I didn't recognize what the person was really asking for. Somebody was trying to um, help me out, and I, I took it personally and reacted against them. Uh, a lot of times we feel hurt in addition to having hurt someone else. Sometimes we hurt somebody else because we felt hurt. So anyway, a lot of times there's something on both sides. And if we both wait for the other one to be the first to take the first step, then we'll both be waiting for a long time, right? So um, being proactive that can I take the first step? And the first step, it's really helpful when I can apologize is the first step. I think all of us have experienced how much easier it is to apologize when someone else apologizes. It almost comes out of us spontaneously when someone says, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to do that. No, no, I'm sorry. It like bubbles out of us in our effort to respond to somebody else's apology. And so if we can start with some way, even if we feel like this person really overreacted, you know, I was just trying to help and the person blew up at me and, you know, maybe I know that uh, they're having a bad day and all kinds of other things are going wrong. And But can I see that maybe there was a way I could have reached out better? Um, trying to think of a, of a concrete situation. I I work at uh, We Are One Body Radio, and I have colleagues there who do a tremendous amount of work, and I'm doing a tremendous number of other things. And so, uh, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll send me an email and ask a question, and I maybe respond back in a, uh, a short way, and then the person really gets upset at me then. <laughs> You know, why, why are you, you're not even here and you're, you're giving me this, this short response and why are you, uh, anyway, you know, maybe goes off on me. And I feel like this is not primarily my problem. You know, what I, what I responded is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's all true. Uh, the person is clearly overreacting and it's really about that person's issue. So maybe I feel that in myself. But I also know that I'm in a, a position of power, you know, I'm Father Boniface, I'm the priest in this operation, and this person, you know, took some courage maybe even to, to lash out. And so I recognize it's going to be easier to work through this if I take the first step. And I can see, can I find something in what I did? Well, yeah, could I have been sensitive to the fact that people work really hard to help me do what I do and they're slaving away and it'd be really helpful for them if I were around more and I could do more things. And now I know I'm, I do what I do in good conscience. I've got 
lots of different projects going on and I mm -hmm. try to allocate my time uh, the way I think that the Lord wants me to, but I can still see there's a way that I could apologize. And so I can start the conversation by saying, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry that I'm, that I'm not able to do more and I'm so grateful that you do so much hard work and that you put things together for me and, uh, you know, sorry, I couldn't have addressed that email in a, and recognized all of the good that you do, and I couldn't have said that in a different way. That's a reasonable apology. And the response is so often, you know, no, I totally overreacted, and you're fine, and it's just been a hard day. And then it's so much easier for the apology to come in the other direction, rather than holding my ground and saying, darn it, I'm doing, making all the right decisions, and I'm going to get defensive. <laughs> so... Yeah, but once you start down that road of that way, it's almost like you're putting your stake in the ground and it just makes everything harder. The longer you stay in that position of holding in that position that I'm right no matter what, I call it stubbornness or arrogance or whatever you want to call it, but I'm right and I'm not going to give in. And admittedly, there's probably sometimes you are right, you're based in truth and you should hold out for that. But in those times where deep down you know that Maybe it's not on you. It, it's easier to, uh, to to just move forward and to accept it that you were wrong and apologize. So where I wanted to transition with this, kind of going off of the example you just gave, is part of our lives is with God too. I mean, we can do the offenses against God. And going back to our last cast about how do we actually listen to God, it seems to be the more that you're putting that stake in the ground and don't want to apologize, the harder it's going to be to understand what he's telling you or how he's telling you and something. So with going back to those prior examples that we're having that you want to be the first one to take the step, well, if God's doing it, you can't hear it. What should the starting point be if you're in a spot where you've held that stake in the ground so long that you don't even know what's what, you're kind of just accepting the fact now that there's something wrong, but you don't know what to do. And some people live a lifetime like that. Some people live 10 minutes like that. But still, as far as a starting point to get back and closer to God, how do you do that? Yeah, it's a great question, Joe, and thanks for making the application, the, the jump from human relationships to our relationship with God. That's exactly the right direction to go with that. And again, can we apologize for something? Can I start with something? There's a, there's, there's a way to peel back some of the layers of that, that resistance, that broken relationship. So when I find myself in that position, and you said it earlier, it's so uncomfortable. I mean, uh, you know, we, we get so stubborn, we get so set in our ways, we hold this grudge, we we shut down our hearts, we harden our hearts. The scriptures use all those kinds of images, and, and I think we really feel that in that stubbornness and that pride. We feel hardness. Our hearts feel hard within us, and it, it keeps love out. And when I'm just tired of carrying that rock around inside of me, and I just think, oh, gosh, I just want to move forward and I want to be able to receive love and I want to enter back into relationship with God. And and then, well, let's start somewhere. You know, is there – and just in that kind of general way, 
God, I'm sorry that I've held out on you so long. You know, God, I'm sorry that I've just been so proud and stubborn. God, I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made in my life, and I, I want to take a new step. I want to move forward in a new way. Just that much will already start to deal a death blow to that hard rock that we formed around our hearts and will help us to, to move forward in a better direction. And Pope Francis encourages us so beautifully in the beginning of his uh, exhortation, The Joy of the Gospel, when he says he invites everyone to encounter Jesus today. And he says this invitation is for everyone. No one is excluded. And to come to him just saying, you know, I've tried it on my own. I've made lots of mistakes. And I just want to have a relationship with you. It opens the door. And he starts to take away sin and sorrow and emptiness and loneliness and really fills our lives with a, with a relationship of love. So that's the end result. And if we're sitting here in that spot of, and I'm trying to figure out how to describe this, but those people who have gone so far and so long away from being in the presence of God, whether it be literally at a church or just even in their hearts and their minds, what would be if someone you know came to you and said how do i get back into this what would be the the first action step that you would give them to say hey just do this and that'll put you in the right direction to just just this is the first thing you should do um well i guess that that first step is as i was uh, just trying to describe just speaking those words you know just speaking that prayer Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I want to. I want to. I want to start over. You know. I want to make a movement. So it's uh, there's there's a way of voicing. That's obviously got to start in our hearts. You're you're implying, I think, in your description that somebody has reached a place that they want. So that's an act of desire of the will. They want to make a change, and then don't know how. Yeah. Speak it. Pray it. You know. The the first step is is really to manifest that to God. Just turn to him right now. Anybody who's listening is in that situation. Turn to him right now and say, I'm sorry, God, and I want a relationship with you. You know, it's just that opening the door that much to, to voice that, to express that. And then what steps do we take from there? Well, you know, maybe somebody knows, has a Christian friend. So often we know the guy that we would turn to, the guy that we kind of avoid or the woman that we would turn to, maybe one's own spouse is that person or a parent, and we can manifest that desire to them. I want to take another step. Can you take me to church? Can you help me to pray? Uh, we certainly can take our own first step. Just going, stepping into a church, it's amazing what these concrete steps do. You know, and again, there's the relationship, the, the analogy to human relationships, when someone comes home, you know, that's the image given to us by Jesus in the parable of the prodigal son. The son left the pigsty and he came home. There's a physical movement there. He made a physical choice and he had a whole script prepared in his head and all this kind of stuff. But 
fundamentally the first thing he did he came home he came to where the father is and so there's a kind of coming home when we when we go to that christian friend that we've essentially rejected by rejecting god when we walk into a church even a church with with nobody in it and we take that step and say god i want to start over i want a relationship with you i want to try again uh, you know those those concrete gestures in our relationship with God, just like they are in our relationship with human beings, are are critical. And, and that makes sense. And then I'm assuming the next steps from there is once you open your heart, um, God will kind of take over in one format or another. So one of the things that I, I wanted to get back to that we said in the very beginning, that the Pope said that are the three words that you, or the three expressions you, you need to know, or I'm sorry, may I, and thank you. And just jumping on may I real quick makes me think back to my own childhood when it was always better don't ask mom because she's going to say no we can just do this and then we'll deal with it later um, <laughs> and I guess part of that has always been with me you know that, that's how you push the envelope or whatever but let's get to why that's important and why that little three year old notion is probably not a good idea or maybe it is a good idea I don't even know it's a classic expression that's uh, problematic. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Yes. And yeah, it's really it's really problematic. There's presumption in that, and uh, we don't want to. We'd rather use "may I." Uh, we should have an attitude of using "may I" more than "I'm sorry." <laughs> we should ask permission rather than uh, need to ask forgiveness because we presumed and made a decision that was hurtful to someone that we had an idea would be hurtful and that's why we chose not to ask permission. There's, there's a respect in permission. We ask permission of a superior and you gave the example when you're a child you ask your mother permission because she's a superior. When Pope Francis is teaching this he's doing that in the context of a marriage and he's making by asking permission uh, we do it in a way that's different than for our mother, but by respecting our spouse to say, is this okay? May I do this? Please. We're respecting them. That respect lifts that person up, uh, that we yield to them, that it's not I make my own decisions and then you can deal with it, and maybe I'll apologize if that's the only way to repair the relationship. We can see how cold and disrespectful that is. Mm -hmm. But if I respect my spouse, then I ask if it's okay. And I experience this, and it just warms my heart every time. I have friends who I knew before they were married, in some cases, or friends who are married uh, maybe even many years. And I'll say, hey, do you, are you free next week? You know, Could we go out for dinner? Could we get together uh, and, and chat? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Let me just check with my wife. Uh, let me just check and make sure that that's uh, going to be okay. You know that the calendar is clear. Let me let me see if uh, if my wife will let me do that. <laughs> and I just love that. You know, this guy was free a year ago when I knew him before he was married, and now he's got to check with his wife. And I don't resent it. I love it. I just say, well, that's a guy that's going to have a healthy marriage. That guy's going to be married for many years to come because he respects that. And wives the same way. Um, yeah, let me just uh, check with you know, with my husband and, and make sure that we're not doing anything or that it's okay with him or he's going to be okay for dinner or whatever, you know. Um, and, and when married couples ask 
permission, when they respect each other in that way, that makes for a great marriage. And that makes for great relationships, not just because we have to, because it's a superior relationship, a boss relationship, but we give, that, uh, we give people that respect. Perfect, perfect. And in terms of the last one being thank you, um, this might be more of an example, but I, I definitely would like to thank you, Father, for giving your time here today and uh, to thank the audience here for listening and to continuing to, to grow the cast. You know, we really couldn't do it without you guys out there. We now have tried to make it easier for everyone to help spread the word in addition to subscribing and leaving the great reviews you have. We now have a Twitter account, which is very simply at Father and Joe. Please follow us and give us retweets as we tell people when the next podcast is coming out. And that's how we can grow this thing even more and let more people around us listen to it. We thank you very much and we'll be with you next week.